Okay, let's do this. Episode 5 of A Little Bit Unglamorous. I'm your host, Erica Renee, and thank you so much for letting me have a week off last week. Oh my goodness, I was starting to feel so sick, and when I go down, I go down hard, and for a long time, I'm still sick. (laughs) Um, I did end up losing my voice, and I don't know, I just have this, like, crazy cold, and I've slept awful for the last three days. I've had this nice long weekend, it's Memorial Day today, and I've slept terribly. The weather is kind of gloomy, as you can see if you're watching the video portion, and it didn't rain today, which is good, uh, surprisingly not super cold it's like nice and brisk outside so i'm cozy today managed to put on a face and makeup but otherwise cozy vibes so that's what we're doing today we have a lot to go over we are nearing the end of may unfortunately my favorite month of the year although this one was kind of chaotic but i think we're ending on a high note here so um i want to recap my birthday week what I did there, and then obviously this weekend um, is nearing an end for me, unfortunately. But so yesterday I went to a rugby game for the first time, and I was pretty excited to see the new Snapdragon Stadium. And San Diego State is my alma mater, so I was pretty excited to see that. Although the stadium is quite a bit smaller than the Qualcomm Stadium was, and which is kind of unsurprising since the NFL used to play at Qualcomm, but nevertheless, it was a nice clean stadium. I kind of liked because it was a rugby game. It wasn't too packed, so it was a lot of fun. I had no idea it was going on the whole time, but <laughs> it was fun. And nevertheless, I went with my boyfriend and a couple of his friends, and so that was a fun Sunday activity coughed all night last night oh my goodness I don't know if my voice still sounds a little bit sick but we're gonna roll with it so last we spoke I left off it was my birthday week and I was really excited to be trying to figure out plans with what I wanted to do and for some reason this year I was just not on it with the plans I was kind of going with the flow But as you know, when you're getting a bunch of big people together, it's kind of hard to not have any sort of plans. So that's what I was really struggling with this year. But luckily, everything fell together um, last minute for me. Thank goodness. Um, So on Thursday last week was my actual birthday. I took the day off. I never really liked to work on my birthday because... I mean, it's sort of depressing, especially working from home by yourself on your birthday, doing stuff that you'd rather not be doing. So I always like to take the day off just for myself. I didn't really have any sort of set plans, but my boyfriend took the day off too, and we ended up going to downtown La Jolla, which was fun. And we got drinks at George's at the Cove and Duke's, all those nice, fancy places that have really pretty 
um, upper deck so you can sit and have a nice drink on. The day was actually pretty sunny over there, so that was really nice. And then we had a really nice Italian dinner at this place in downtown called Piatti. And it was very delicious. I can't remember the name of what I had, but it was just this amazing handmade pasta dish that was just stuffed with all of this cheese and mushroom. And uh, it was so good. But my boyfriend and I were laughing because they <laughs> charged us for our bread, which I have never been to a restaurant that did that before I thought it was very odd I mean I've been to fancy places before but they charged us five dollars for bread which is so weird because we sat down and they're like oh do you want some bread and butter and of course everybody says yes right we had been drinking all day we inhaled this bread and butter and then <laughs> they're like oh do you want some more bread and butter and we're like yeah of course we do and yeah so bread was five dollars each which was so ridiculous in my opinion it's kind of like going to a restaurant and they charge you for chips and salsa like what at a mexican restaurant you always get free chips and salsa right so that was kind of weird but it was nevertheless amazing so good and the rest of the evening was just relaxed which i really enjoyed Saturday, I ended up having dinner with my girlfriends, which was a lot of fun. One of my friends gave me a whole bunch of bottles of rosé for my birthday. And he said, oh, you should make frosé with them. And I instantly was like, that's a brilliant idea. So I did um, the day prior with my boyfriend. And you just mix the wine with ice and some strawberries and some agave, lime juice, it turned out so good. I was like, I should make this for my friends. So I ended up having them come over to my place on Saturday. I made everybody froze. We were hanging out. And then we went to dinner over by the beach um, at a Jamaican restaurant, which was a lot of fun. So that turned out good. Uh, considering um, a few hours before, I had no idea where I wanted to eat dinner. No reservations. And of course, all the reservations were filling up. So everything ended up working out, which was good, and it ended up being a good birthday, as crazy as May has been. Can we just take a minute for my bangs right now? Because I am very excited that my bangs over here on my left side are finally getting long again, because a while ago I accidentally burned them short still recovering from the repercussions of going platinum blonde my hair is finally feeling healthy again thank goodness but i'm kind of feeling the two bangs i feel very 70s <laughs> so i'm probably about a month into using uh, tretinoin which is like the prescription grade retinol and i feel like the results are pretty good i mean i've always had pretty good skin like one of the lucky things in life thank you mom thank you genetics um but i feel like it really does i mean maybe it's like the placebo effect but i've heard people raving about it so i'm gonna keep consistent with it and hopefully it will keep me young forever <laughs> but lately i've been trying really hard to meal prep um i have been trying to eat healthier and as i mentioned previously the instapot that I recently got changed my life and I've been trying to 
open my repertoire of things that I make because once you kind of figure out your staple you kind of tend to stick to those things and I've had this Pinterest board for years and years and years and it's actually so funny it's my cooking board and I named it Trophy Wife 101 and I, I save tons of recipes there um, so I'm finally going through and starting to try new things. Funny enough one of my go-to recipes is this ethnic recipe that's uh, in layman's term called green spaghetti. It is a Peruvian dish called Tallarinas Verdes and it is my favorite dish it's actually very easy to make i love to meal prep it and i look forward to eating it every single <laughs> time that i make it and i prep it but my boyfriend and i have this running joke of who will get to be oh my gosh there's so many birds in the background <laughs> right now um this mic actually fairly does a good job with cutting all that out but of course the second you start filming is when all the chaos starts happening but what was i saying my boyfriend and i always um <laughs> we have this competition going on of who will get to be the one that stays at home like who's better at a b and c things and although he does have a one-up on the cooking which really i have the one up i guess you could say but uh, meanwhile he is cooking us bread from scratch today and he's been making pizzas from scratch but i think i'm not so bad i just think years and years and years of living by yourself it's kind of hard to make food that makes sense and is affordable when you're just one person and you can't eat it all before it all goes bad or you're working all the time and you know sometimes it's easier <laughs> sometimes it's easier to just pick something up and go and I actually feel very accomplished when I create a delicious meal um I like to try them out on myself first and then I'll feed them to my boyfriend I've had a couple of them go awry and he's so sweet he'll tell me they're delicious I'm like you're totally lying right now but thank you and like no it's actually delicious I'm like okay because I definitely did not think it was delicious so for May I every year I go into treat yourself mode because I figure well it's my birthday I deserve it but I kind of always justify that whenever I want to buy something. I have this very bad habit of giving myself everything I could ever want. <laughs> so I'm kind of hard to buy gifts for sometimes because I, whenever I see something I want, I just immediately buy it for myself. <laughs> and uh, this year, my boyfriend got me these beautiful sunglasses that I saw. Uh, they're Ray-Bans and I wanted them so badly. And I remember making a comment at the store like, oh, I really like those. And I was trying them on. And then I was talking to him a few days later. I was like, oh, I think I'm going to go back and try on the sunglasses. And he's like, you're going to buy them, aren't you? I'm like, probably. And so we get there and I'm like, oh, I love them. I think I'm going to buy them. He's like, well, let me just buy them for you for your birthday. <laughs> because he had no idea what to get me. So 
ironically, yesterday was the day I could have used them the most at the rugby game, and I forgot them at home, of course. I have like 7 million pairs of sunglasses, but ironically, I don't love wearing sunglasses. A lot of times I feel like, oh, my makeup looks so good, I don't want to cover it. But obviously, I want to protect my eyes and my face area. So. so speaking of buying myself everything that I could ever possibly want, I accidentally pulled the trigger on a second Sephora order a few days ago. And I was kind of influenced by this girl that I found on Instagram Reels. And she has this uh, series where she wears, she puts on black lipstick, which I'm not really... I don't think I could pull off black lipstick, maybe for Halloween, but she layers other lipsticks and glitters and chrome flakes on top of it, and it looks so phenomenal. Sephora has this new brand, I forget the name, but they specialize in these little chrome flakes, and I was sold. I probably won't wear them on my lips. I think it might be fun maybe for like a Halloween look or something like that. But I thought they would look so good as eyeshadows or even like, you know, when people go to festivals and they put it around their eyes and they just have these really pretty glitters. So I think that might look really cool when I go to the Taylor Swift concert. So I picked up a couple of those because I thought they would be fun. And then... I repurchased, I don't know if I was talking about the Clinique Black Honey lipstick. It was so popular um, recently, a long time ago actually. My mom was telling me that it was very popular a long time ago. And now because of TikTok, it's very in again. I bought it, loved it. Literally the second day I owned it, it fell out of my bag at a restaurant that I was at. And I was so mad at myself because that, that thing is like 30 bucks. So I repurchased it. I couldn't help myself. I had to. By the way, whoever is watching the visual version, can we take a minute for my nails? Um, this weather and lighting is not doing them justice at all. But every year I always think to myself, oh, I had to do a special nail look. So this year I went with a light pink chrome with an ombre glitter. And I think they turned out so good. I'm trying to make them last as long as possible. But I digress. Back to the makeup. I'm wearing the Pat McGrath Elson 4 again today. This is the Taylor Swift lipstick. It is worth every single penny. I swear to God, I wore it yesterday to the rugby game. And it lasted all day long. It looked so good. I wasn't even worried about it smearing anywhere. Sometimes you pay a little bit more and it's worth it. This is one of those cases. I was recently watching an interview where I saw a clip of the interview and Hilary Duff was on this podcast and I think it might be a makeup podcast as they are asking her about her makeup look and what she wears and she mentioned that she loves glittery eyeshadow. I feel you girl, I love glittery everything. And they were asking her what she was currently wearing on her eyes and she said it was an Urban Decay Moon Dust in Space Cowboy. And I immediately went to Googling and looking it up and I put it in my cart. It's like a light champagne gold with silver sparkles and it just looks so pretty on her. I go to my little Reddit makeup groups and everyone was kind of raving about it too. And I also saw somebody post that ColourPop has a dupe of it. And if you hadn't heard of ColourPop 
where have you been? They're amazing. They're huge. Now, I remember when they first came out and they were really big on YouTube. They were doing a lot of collabs with YouTubers. And one girl I loved at the time, her name was Allison Henry. You probably look her up. I used to love her. But she used to do a lot of videos and rave about ColourPop. And that's how I discovered them. They are an amazing, like, fast makeup beauty brand that has affordable makeup, much like e.l.f., but they are online. Well, they were exclusively online only. I think now they are available in Ulta's, and they have this, like, really unique eyeshadow formula. Now they have a million different formulas, but they, when they first came, came out, they launched these super shock eyeshadows they have the best glitter formulas i had ever seen at the best price ever they're like seven dollars anyway they have a dupe for this urban decay eyeshadow it's called ritz and i went to the website and you know when you go for one item and you're looking and you see like a handful more items you're like well might as well make this worth it so thank goodness that eyeshadow was out of stock because my crazy self would have bought it just to compare it to the expensive one but for some reason i always want to own the expensive one as well as the dupe so do i really save myself money not really so when <laughs> so when ColourPop first came out on the market i bought so many of their eyeshadows and their liquid lips they have really good liquid lipsticks as well everything they have I love honestly and just recently I was going through all my makeup collection because I kind of try to keep it up to date and current and toss stuff that I don't use or has gone bad and I had to get rid of a lot of their eyeshadows because they dried out eventually but they stay good for quite a long time so I was pretty proud of that but I was really I always get really sad when you have to get rid of something that you love and you use all the time but it's past its expiration date so Maybe I'll peruse their website again in the near future. But for now, my wallet is safe, sort of. <laughs> as I as I go into the next thing I bought, which I finally pulled the trigger on this viral Dior lip oil that I won't even say how much it costs because it's outrageous, obscene. But I kept looking at articles that were saying it's amazing some people say of course it's overpriced uh, but I needed it so I purchased it and stay tuned is it worth the price that I paid we're gonna find out but I'm pretty excited for it I love me a good lip oil never really been a gloss girl until recently actually and I don't know why, but I also can't keep buying the Lancome lip tubes. I know they're really popular in the 2000s, and recently they just launched them again. But they had this, like, really pretty baby pink color, and they named it Millennial Pink. And I was, like, drawn to it because I want to be Paris Hilton in the 2000s. And so I have a few of those as well. Another good brand is rare beauty uh, when that one launched i i've just i've never been obsessed with selena gomez but i loved her brand when it first launched i love loved everything that it stood for and about a year ago or so she launched like a limited edition lipstick shade it was in a baby pink color and it was called kindness it was um a nude pink and when it first launched it sold out immediately and of course that immediately like strikes my fomo i was like oh 
Amazon and I couldn't pick that up, but it recently went back in stock and I picked one of those up as well. So I'm pretty excited for my little haul that I have. Maybe I'll do like a little a haul video. I was thinking it would be really fun and funny to do like an ASMR haul video <laughs> with the microphone and, and the packaging. So that could be fun. But so those are some fun things that I treated myself to this past week. And my birthday is unfortunately nearing an end. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's been over for a while now, but I say your birthday is the whole month. So nearing an end and hopefully the sun will start to come out this summer. It's been gloomy. I think it rained last night too. So odd. So let's get into some pop culture moments this last week. Most notably, and I cannot believe this, at least three or four people mentioned this to me the day it happened. So last week, Tina Turner passed away. She was 83 years old, a music icon, legend, and I know a little bit last week I was talking about voices that stand out and are different and ultimately you're born to be a superstar. She is the the epitome of that and it's just so crazy I feel like so many amazing celebrities and superstars that we know and love have been passing away lately and it's just so surreal Netflix recently came out with a documentary on Anna Nicole Smith and I thought that was fascinating because it claimed to have pieces of interviews from her herself speaking about her life and things that I had personally never seen before. I remember when Anna Nicole Smith was at the height of her fame. I remember her passing away. I remember the whole trial of her late husband's state and she was in every way a fascinating celebrity that people just couldn't get enough of. Um, and there was so much debate about her life. And so I was really excited to watch this documentary. And it's all about the rise and fall of Anna Nicole Smith. And I didn't realize how sad her story really was. I guess at the time in the 2000s, everyone was victimized by the tabloids. And as a spectator, you kind of get caught in the story and how fascinating it is and how you just want to know more and hear more and you don't really stop to think about the person behind it and she really went through a lot so I kind of jotted down some notes about her story because I remember living it and then now looking back it's been over 10 years it's crazy her daughter I believe is 16 now which is so crazy so she was married at 17. I believe she's from a very, very small city in Texas. Um, she had a son named Daniel, who, if you watched her TV show, he was on quite a bit. Seemed like the sweetest, nicest boy, and she, it, he was her world. And so she eventually... Um, left the person that she was with and moved to Houston, started a new life. Um, and she became a stripper at the strip club where she met this really old man called Howard J. Marshall at a strip club. And of course, so the big debate when she rose to fame was, is she a gold digger? Um, people were fascinated with it at the time. It was just so ridiculous seeing this beautiful model with this 80 year old decrepit man and it was so bizarre and of course he was a billionaire so people's minds were like 
what is going on here? And even even I wanted to know more at the time. It was fascinating. He bought her lavish gifts. He bought her a house in Texas and I guess was proposing to her. And she said, no, like I won't marry you until I make a name for myself. And she ended up moving out to California. However, he did help finance all the things that she needed while she was there, like agents and the, the right people to get in touch with. Eventually, she did become very well known as a guest model and a Playboy model, and she was being offered movie roles. And I didn't know this, but she was actually offered the main role in The Mask, which, if you don't remember, it was a movie that came out quite a long time ago. I think it was probably 1997, around there, and it starred Jim Carrey and Cameron Diaz but apparently Anna Nicole Smith was offered the role first and in the documentary they revealed that they were only offering her $50,000 to star as the main character kind of makes me wonder at the time how much they paid Cameron Diaz in the end because she was a nobody actress at the time that was her first major role so I wonder if they paid her even less than that so eventually Howard J. Marshall passes away and there is this debacle, this huge media frenzy over his estate because Anne Nicole Smith is now married to him. She is his wife and obviously his family did not want to share any part of his estate with her. Howard's son was one of the main people who was blocking Anna from his estate. Um, Anna was promised half of all of his billionaire fortune and he was having none of that. Ultimately, Anna did lose the trial and it was, she had some quotes in the trial that were kind of hilarious, but they did not make her look good. Um, one of the famous ones is she was talking about how expensive it was to be her. And she's saying, you know, I had to get my hair done and the makeup and, and the dresses, and it's not cheap to be me. And I felt that it's actually really hilarious, but it made her look really bad in the long run. And she never saw a penny of that money. The court ruled against her. So after that, she had this reality show and at the time reality tv was just becoming very large and i personally loved it it was called the anna nicole smith show and i i just remember the theme song it was like anna 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 nicole she's so outrageous and it was hilarious another really notable moment um, quite a bit later, and this was around the time Anna was being bullied for being overweight in the media, and she really wanted to lose weight quickly, and there was this weight loss drug that approached her. They cut her a deal to basically promote this weight loss product, um, and it worked for her. She looked amazing, and I remember she, everywhere she'd go, she would be like, trim spa, baby, like, and <laughs> people would say, Anna, how do you look so good? She's like, trim spa, baby. And most notably at the American Music Awards, she was supposed to introduce Kanye West, and I don't know if you remember this clip, but she looked very out of it. She was slurring her words. She was acting very chaotic but Anna that was her thing the bigger her personality the, the crazy things she could say to her that brought 
people in and they kept watching they wanted more of anna so i remember watching this in real time and thinking oh my god what is happening and second i cannot look away from this and watching the documentary apparently anna had planned to do something so outrageous that people couldn't stop talking about her she wanted to do something that people would remember and that's oh my gosh <laughs> oh my gosh the bird was flying by and the reflection in my ipod i thought it was a bug and <laughs> it scared me <clears throat> Anyway, it's been 10 years, and I still very vividly remember that clip, so I think she did her job, but apparently she immediately went off stage and said to her bodyguard, did I do good? And there's one thing about Anna, she definitely knew how to work a crowd. The paparazzi would follow her everywhere because she would she would turn the theatrics up, and she always entertained them, always gave them the shot, and I guess at that, at that point, paparazzi photos were being paid thousands of dollars, depending on the celebrity and what they were doing, and I just didn't realize it was so lucrative. Next big hot topic in her life was the custody battle of her daughter. She very publicly had this friend and lawyer, companion man, I guess, his name was Howard K. Stern, and he was also in her reality TV show Everywhere She Went. And when she passed away, she had just given birth to a daughter, and there became this huge custody battle between him and this random man that came forward named Larry Burkhead, who I had never heard of before, no one had ever heard of before, and suddenly he's coming into the media saying, I'm the biological father of Danny Lynn, and I have the right to be your dad, etc., etc. And I remember at the time feeling really weird about it, like, who is this man? Anna very publicly stated that Howard K. Stern was the father, and she intended on raising this child with him and suddenly another guy is coming out of the woodworks demanding to be tested for paternity and it just all seemed very weird um it did not seem very likely to me that anna did not know who the father was and it just seemed very intentional as to why she would never mention this other person again because she was not planning on having this man in her life so as it turns out after watching the show, and this is all alleged, I guess, because obviously Larry Burkhead is not very stoked about how the show painted him, and he claims that it is rewriting history, although it makes a lot of sense to me as a spectator who saw it back then and is now watching it today. So after watching the show, um, I kind of wonder if things ended up the way Anna wanted. It doesn't really seem that way to me the show depicted larry burkhead as more of like a donor to the child that she wanted she very publicly wanted to have another kid not a father figure so it seemed that there was some sort of agreement that he would kind of be the donor and then step aside he would be compensated for that and she would then raise this child with howard k stern apparently after she passed away it seems to me that he wanted more of the money and that seems like a really good motivation to step forward personally i believe that his actions were solely motivated by money and he saw this as a meal ticket he thought he would get more of her estate if he claimed 
his parental rights to this child. The whole thing was just so bizarre, and not to mention when she gave birth to this daughter, her son Daniel actually passed away in the hospital, um, which was so devastating and no one saw coming. I believe he started dabbling in drugs and he was only 20 years old. And the show always had him with her by her side, showing how much she loved him. And I know she struggled as well, but the whole story was just such a tragedy and so sad and also very fascinating. So if you haven't watched that show on Netflix, I highly recommend it. I thought it was really interesting and it was basically talking about everything I had been thinking to myself 10 years prior. So it's all sort of full circle for me. You should watch it. Let me know what you think because I think it's all very probable, honestly. Next up, we have Jen and Ben, another famous 2000s couple who recently reunited and got married. And Ben has been very popular for looking miserable in the media. And I think it's so hilarious <laughs> because they always depict him as having the worst time wherever he's at, which I do not think is true at all, first of all. <laughs> um, do I think he hates the limelight and always having people taking photos of him and everywhere he's at every turn you have a paparazzi and he's annoyed by it yes can you blame him absolutely not and i just think that it's so funny i know jen is supposed to be coming out with a new album called this is me now which is a very famous sequel to a album she had about a decade ago called this is me then and i remember she had a song on it called dear ben and a lot of it was about him and it was just like a very soft smooth r&b album and i really loved it so i'm really looking forward to the sequel she announced it quite a while ago now and i think it's supposed to come out this summer but I think it's interesting how celebrities and musicians lately, they'll announce their projects months and months and months prior. And I just think that's really interesting. Like things are typically announced and then they drop immediately. So I wonder if it's to build hype, but I haven't really heard her talking about it recently. She's had a number of other things coming out. She's had a couple of movies come out. Um, one being Marry Me, which is like a really cute rom-com that has since been added to Amazon Prime, which I liked. It was pretty cute. And then she has another Netflix show called The Mother. It kind of reminded me of Enough, which was a action movie that she did where she basically went back and beat up her ex-husband after like becoming this badass bitch, but... <laughs> similar to that i guess patricia paytas coming out with a new podcast i am so excited i remember when frenemies with ethan klein stopped and had its last episode i was so sad because i thought it was the most entertaining podcast ever i love how they dressed up and i loved their banter and i just thought it was so funny i was drawn into that and ever since it ended, I was hoping she would do something similar again. So she recently announced she was coming out of the podcast. And I believe episode one 
probably two episodes are out by now but she launched a podcast with Colleen Bollinger and it's called Oversharing and they also dress up and they just talk about their lives. I'm really excited for this podcast. I am definitely going to put it in my weekly rotation and I love the podcasts that are filmed. That's like the thing to do now. But a lot of times when I'm really busy and on the go, I'll just listen. But her podcast is definitely one I'm going to want to watch just because of all of the costumes. And I love to see the banter in real time. So I can't wait to check that out. Lastly, but definitely not least, we're going to talk about my queen, Taylor Swift. She recently announced two special editions of her album, Midnights, and at first I was so static because I saw that she was putting the 3 a.m. tracks available to buy finally, and I personally collect the vinyls, so I was very excited for this until I went on the website and realized that they were only offered as CDs or digital downloads. So, unfortunately, I'm still waiting for the vinyl version with all the 3 a.m. songs. I swear she's a marketing genius because I already have too many copies of this album and so I'm still patiently holding out for the 3am edition vinyl I know it's coming soon and I'm ready to buy it however she came out with Midnight's Till Dawn edition it's CD only and she added her Target exclusive song to it called Hits Different which I love it's a bop I'm very excited to finally be able to hear her exclusive music that wasn't even on streaming services which I think is a really smart marketing move but as a consumer it was kind of a bummer that we had to wait so long to hear it. And when her album came out, people were so excited that Lana Del Rey was going to be singing on one of the tracks. And when it came out, everyone was sort of disappointed because Lana didn't even have a verse in the song. She kind of just sang back up very quietly so people were wishing they heard more of her so I guess I went back in the studio and re-recorded the song and added more Lana to the song she has her own verse now I'm here for it I love it she came out with a remix of Karma featuring Ice Spice which I think is also really good she also had a second version of the album called the late night edition which I thought was really interesting because she only had the CD available at her New Jersey show. I thought it was an interesting marketing move. And notably, she removed two tracks from the album Glitch and Paris. And then she teased a brand new song, Never Been Heard, to that album called You're Losing Me, which piqued everyone's interest everyone wanted to hear this song but it was only being offered exclusively at this show like her marketing team is working overtime they're doing a good job making her a lot of money and making the label a lot of money because i've already purchased more merch and copies of this vinyl than i normally would have because of the hype and i'm not even a super fan some people buy every copy of everything she releases which is absolutely outrageous because at the end of the day it's the same songs well except for these these are like slight variation and i've already googled the song you're losing me it's all over youtube if you haven't heard it it is so good it is so sad it blows my mind um 
And like I said, this album makes so much more sense now that I know that her and Joe broke up because it's not really a happy album, but the song You're Losing Me uh, hits me straight through the heart and it there's a line in it. I think it resonates with everyone and it says, I wouldn't marry me either, a pathological people pleaser. And I'm just like, it's crazy. And it's so fascinating because you go back and listen to these songs that you thought that you had pieced together and you knew exactly what they meant. And now coming in with a different perspective, you realize they could mean something completely different. And it just goes to show how brilliant of a songwriter she is because you never actually know the meaning behind these songs or who they are about. I am even more excited for what she has in store for us. And I cannot wait for my concert. Please release the 3 a.m. edition of the vinyl, Taylor. I'm begging you. And anyway, so that is all I have this week. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for joining me, as always. And I will see you next week. And until then, my name is Erica Renee. And this is A Little Bit Unglamorous. Oh, 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 oh,